welcome to A Gem of a Secret Podcast. My name's Donna Tella My Secrets, or you could just call me Donna. And my name is Coco <laughs> Gem Holiday, Unchanged. <laughs> <laughs> Unchanged. Unchanged. How are you doing tonight, Coco? Um, uh, I'm content. Well, me and Donna were talking about a serious subject like right before we filmed. <laughs> yes, we were. <laughs> um, I'm doing okay. I... I think that wow, that's the most generic answer. Um, I'm doing disappointed. No, I've done disappointed before. I'm, I'm not doing super hot because I'm disappointed in a large section of the queer community for things that are out of their control. But still, yeah, yeah, there's problems within our communities. Yeah, for there, sure, there really are. And like, and just to clue everybody in, just a little bit, um, I just think that racial preferences um, when it comes to the things that we say um, can sometimes be incredibly discriminatory and I think that people should really recognize that with like the small microaggressions that you may or may not have in front of your black friends because it can make them feel incredibly small yeah yeah I think it's awful that a lot of the times too within our communities we like white people especially will think that it's humorous sometimes to use these microaggressions um and punching down like that it's it's something that we need to completely stop and we need to honestly like call out when it happens um that's something that i've been seeing like a lot even just within like people that i'm friends with like if someone says something that is like they think is funny but has like racial undertones. I think people really need to like re-examine and like think smarter about their humor. Yeah, I think so too. And I also think that people should recognize because my situations weren't necessarily even jokes. They mm-hmm. were how people felt and not recognizing how anti-black it sounded and how they even meant it. Yeah, like, and that's what was also really appropriate. I mean, I guess the second thing that happened was kind of a joke, but like reality is it's like it just really sucks when you are a black person sitting in a room full of white people and then suddenly the subject of race and its proximity to being a good person or attractive person or something like that comes up Mm -hmm. and like you see where the room sits and then you feel out of place in the room yeah and it's gross it's always been so gross when that happens yeah yeah, it really is. I'm noticing it more and more now that I have the awareness about it. And I, I just honestly, like, I know that I need to do better even myself about calling it out because it's it's so fucked up. Like, yeah, people don't realize. I, I think one of the biggest things, too, that I think we've all seen is, like, when people are, like, when it comes to dating, they're like, it's just a preference. And, um, that's so fucked up because you're attributing your negative beliefs about an entire race of people. Um, Mm -hmm. and if people saw it that way, I think that they would kind of realize how messed up it really is. But a lot of people really try to pull it off as it's just a preference and that is extremely problematic. Well, and it's, and it rubs into my insecurities in a different way too, because like, even though like I am happily married, um, I have a lot of quote-unquote trauma associated with um people telling me like when i was on the apps back in my 20s you know Mm. um that i was unattractive like they'd always say it's so much worse i'm just gonna say it this way that i was unattractive and could not be seen as attractive because of my the color of my skin and so 
being around anyone, it doesn't matter that I'm in a relationship or not. When I hear people make those comments, one, it makes me uncomfortable because I'm the black kid in the room, but then two, it makes me uncomfortable because it reminds me about how the queer community consistently made me feel like I wasn't as desirable because of the sh- my pigmentation. Yeah, yeah. It's gross. Yeah. That's, and, it's a big issue. Like, we need to examine these things, and we need to, like I said, call it out when it happens. Um, and it, that burden should not fall on you. No, and I don't think... And I and the thing is, like, I keep, I keep thinking about... Because you've said it a couple times now, and I think that you're right. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm trying to wonder why in the moment I didn't say anything. And I think it's because, oh, I know why. Actually, it's even in my brain right now. I know why. It's because they're going to explain it. And then it's going to get way worse. <laughs> or become extremely fragile. Oh, if yeah. If you call it out. Oh, be, yeah. You know, oh, fragility. The fragility, will too. Play. I think yeah. I was getting both last night. Like, really? I think the fragility would have been on one side, and then the other side it would have been, like, yeah, massive, like, over-explanation about why, like preference is just like whatever and like and then like it just it would have been so gross and so i was just like i'm avoiding this at all costs like this topic is gonna make me want to hit someone yeah (laughs) yeah well i mean that's the thing is like it is something that is uncomfortable to talk about with people but it's something we have to talk about and um usually the people who are saying the comments will get defensive yeah it's just it's it's how humans work and it's so weird nowadays too because like um before we even get into our main topic like what's weird nowadays is that we can't have like civil discourse like yeah like and i know that people like i'm not even talking about online like i'm talking about in person yeah i watch a lot of tiktoks to where like i'll even see the start of the video and it like wasn't even escalated and like somebody just took it there immediately Mm -hmm. and it became something that was so much more than it ever needed to be and it's what really bothers me is that continual harm consistently will happen if somebody can't just check their ego for five seconds to recognize when you've hurt somebody and then apologize accordingly and learn to do better. Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah. I exactly. Heard, I heard to ask, what are you wearing today? Well, Coco, I am wearing fast food bags from each of the fast food places in our area because I am... Uh, just an art relic to late stage capitalism at its finest and what it's done to our environment. It's a piece. It's a statement piece. Um, then that's going to make it really awkward. <laughs> I, I am actually dressed in the mimic of the clothes from the guy that was wearing at the end of the Super Size Me movie. Oh. Um, yeah, so that's why I'm wearing that white tank top. And yeah. Jeans. Yeah. And then I put a pillow in the front of me to make my gut larger. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a, it's, well, it's a piece. That, yeah, dang. <laughs> we we really, we actually are matching tonight in some way. It's like we got a memo. <laughs> we got a memo. <laughs> and we're telling a whole damn story. I know, I love it. <laughs> um, and, yeah. <laughs> we're, so, we're so stupid. We are. Um, Real dumb. Yeah, capitalism is stupid. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit, actually. Uh, for those who are into astrology, because I like to kind of bring that into this podcast sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, the U.S. is experiencing its Pluto return, and this is basically in its house of finance. Like, this is basically something that symbolizes kind of um, an 
the start of an ending of something. Um, we're going to start seeing some like issues arise in this area um, of our country. So also today, Biden announced potential sanctions against Russia if they are to evade, uh, invade the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And the consequences from these sanctions could be pretty drastic. Um, it could be it could be economic collapse. Right. Inflation. I mean, it'll start with inflation. Yeah. Um, all sorts of potential issues could arise from this. So what does it mean? What kind of sanctions exactly? There are economic sanctions. Okay. So there's like Russian banks that are tied up mm-hmm. in these sanctions. Um, yeah. Uh, there's also, I've, I've, I, I'm trying not to read into the scare tactics because there are so many different narratives being spun with this. Right. This could have potentially all been like orchestrated is what they're saying. And there's a lot of evidence that it is orchestrated. Um, kind of breaking down, I guess, what happened. Vladimir Putin announced that two t- territories that are just kind of like provinces of the Ukraine or just like outside of the Ukraine are now um, like free areas. They're no longer... Mm-hmm. I guess they used to have like some sort of like ties to the Ukraine and Russia. They were pro- like weren't technically either or, but um, he declared them independent. Okay. So um, basically, that means that like now the land surrounding the Ukraine is independent, and those people don't have any obligations or ties to them. Um, Why did Putin do that? To cause destabilization is what the U.S. is saying. Um, I'm trying to really understand the history that I don't understand by (laughs) looking into the current events that are happening right now. And I want to give a disclaimer about that. Like, I've just watched the news of it and then uh, listened to some podcasts about some of the things that are happening right now. But, yeah, it's it's pretty, um, pretty intense stuff. And... Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of different narratives being spun right now, and we're in for some pretty scary things potentially. Wow. With these, um, so I'm trying not to like scare anyone by this, <laughs> but we should just be aware that you know these are um, we're kind of entering an era that could be really, um, yeah, really really bad i wonder what modern war warfare but modern war and modern warfare actually would look like in today's society yeah i i an economic one right now is kind of what's happening and people are calling it the the start of another cold war of sorts you know if if we can say that actually ever ended it it hasn't so um i don't know It, it I feel like we're going to see it mostly happen within our economy, unfortunately. Yeah, well, and I mean, and then, and I, I know you're fortunately. Didn't, I didn't I know, know that you probably haven't researched this, but I'm wondering what other countries are doing in this capacity. Yeah. Like, because I mean, obviously, it's still one world, and like, people, are, other countries are also watching what's going on. Well, yeah, and the other countries are also part of NATO, mm-hmm. and, um, I guess that's a lot of the reason why this is happening. I mean, um, so that's the North Atlantic Treaty Organization is what NATO is. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and that's something that I know I learned about in high school, but I'm just having to like refresh my memory <laughs> on now because of all this shit that's happening. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the, I, those countries definitely are. I mean, they're all in this treaty, definitely against what is happening um, with Russia. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of scary. It, yeah, um, it, it it is. And also, I've been hearing about it on the news too from. And I think the news also has some scare tactics too from, yeah. from the um, wanting to obviously make headlines and things like that. And so it's been making it sound like there is another like they have. I've heard the term Cold War in the in the media. Yeah. Like that's what they think is going to happen. And the thing is that they're probably right. Yeah. Because also like because it's a show. It's a sign of what is it called? A show of force? A show of force. Yeah. That the u.s has said what it will do mm-hmm. if this thing happens yeah and so because that's threatening a country to behave in a certain way and yeah. that always i think history has proven that that doesn't always end well end well yeah i don't know i don't think i don't know if russia is really taking us seriously i think they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do you know regardless of these sanctions and the sanctions could end up just hurting us and that's scary to think about. But I also, you know, I think that there's a lot that needs to change with our economic system. So maybe this is an opportunity for that. And I'm thinking about it positively as well, you know. Um, there's a lot of changes that need to happen to our economic system. There's so much. Um, we, are, we are definitely a capitalist. So I, we all know that money runs the world. Like, mm-hmm. we get that. And the thing is, like, the one thing that sucks about this is that the world doesn't adjust for the cost of living in the world. Yeah. Like, and from the thing, like we talk about gas prices and wage and taxes and things like that. And like, but it does feel like, um, if the economy were to take a, like a nosedive right now Mm -hmm. or inflation started to happen, I think you'd see a lot of people being pushed into poverty. Oh, so many. Like Like me. I feel like most people, (laughs) <laughs> uh, I feel like most Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. I'm barely, yeah, yeah. I'm like barely getting by right now on my wage. Yeah. Um. So that, yeah, that's it's very scary to think about. Well, and here's the other thing too. Just as a side note to add to this discussion about the economy, so supply chains across the United States have been down, mm-hmm. right? Um, a great example of this is that. Um, in queer communities, we drink sugar-free Red Bull when we're at the bar. Um, sugar-free Red Bull was, like, out for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Because one of the supply chains in making sugar-free Red Bull was down. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you recognize, like, you don't, people always think that, like, this stuff is just, like, they don't recognize how important and critical supply chains are into, like, the economy that we do have today. Yeah. And so... COVID has actually hit a lot of supply chains. So having an economic downturn now when we're already having difficulties with supply chains. It's like getting kicked when we're down. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, exactly. It'd be, it, a great example of this is just literally even like having a really, really bad cut. Yeah. And like, you just need a bandage, but bandages don't exist. Yeah. (laughs) So you're just like, I I don't know what I'm going to do. It's just going to keep bleeding. It's just going to keep bleeding. Yeah. So that's why this is also scary because this is not the great time (laughs) right now. 
Yeah, I think this is going to be kind of a slow bleed out, honestly, like you just described. I think that's a great analogy for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're going to start seeing the effects of this as they happen in real time, and it'll be something that slowly happens. This will be a nice episode to look back in a time capsule when we have a better idea of what's going to happen after this. But I think if anything in the past few years since we really started doing this podcast has taught us, like, we don't know what to expect. Right. Right. Um, But I forgot to ask, Donna, how are you doing this Ivaning? Uh, Well, I think you'll have a good idea, but I'll let you know after this brief break. It's a podcast it with Coco and Donna. Tell a podcast. Tune into what they tell you. Podcast with Coco and Donna. Tell a podcast. Well, Coco, have I said that it that I'm scared? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. No, you said this isn't a scary episode, actually. Okay, yeah, it's not a scary episode, but it's I'm a, a little scary. It's a little scary. Yeah. Um, so we also found out that Australia and Japan have also, uh, talked about sanctions against Russia as well. Yes. Um, and Japan's prime minister actually, um, said that, he also said that, uh, Japan will ban imports and exports, um, and prohibit the issuance and circulation of Russian bonds in Japan. He mm-hmm. also added that the details of the sanctions will be discussed further. Mm. So, I mean, this is looking real serious. And that actually, that press release actually from the time of recording this was actually two hours ago. So it'll be interesting to know what's actually happening on the day this episode is released. Yeah, yeah, it, it will be. So I'm guessing the rest of the countries that are involved in NATO are probably going to jump on with these sanctions yeah, as well. Yeah, I would think so, because there's no way that... Because they're... People understand what's actually happening. It sounds like all the other countries have really understand what's happening here. Yeah. And that Russia is trying to do something that they shouldn't. Yeah. So I'm I'm really interested to see how the U.S. will respond. Yeah. I am too. And the, I think, like we were talking about before we went to break, with as unstable as the u.s is right now what do we think is in store for the future of us i mean we have an election coming up now here in two years yeah so a lot of people are um predicting that donald trump will get on the ticket um which i thought that there were laws about an impeached president not being able to rerun in I, future elections. But, I thought so too. But apparently not. I get the funny thing is impeachment apparently means nothing without the court then removing them from office. Yeah. Like it's just like, okay, you're an impeached president now, it means that nothing changes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is gross. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm so the thing is I also think that for the future of our country, like that we would need to, Democrats would really need to, especially if Donald Trump gets back on that ticket, I think that Democrats would really need to find valuable candidates. I talked about this online to yesterday, actually. It's a really, I've been doing this series all month called my Black History Month Day Whatever Post, where it's just yeah. different things from Black History and whatever, and just my opinion on certain subjects. And what the post was talking about was that um, I feel like liberals expect perfection out of their leaders. 
mm-hmm. and um, will actually give ammunition to literally the other side because the leaders are not perfect. Like, and what's so funny is that like people aren't perfect, but we expect our leaders to be, and they can never reach that goal. So we're consistently terrorizing them down and feeding ammunition to the people who, like. Tearing down, like, and I know everybody hates this argument, but when you tear down a candidate that can beat the the worst of two evils, like you're actually feeding, you're actually giving more points away to the thing that's worse. And yeah. I know that people like to say all the time, they're like, no, 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 I can criticize a person and still like know that I'm going to vote for them. But oftentimes, what happens in the liberal market is people don't do that. They don't say why they're voting for them. They just attack them consistently. Yeah. They don't. They don't say like, yeah, I'm voting for them, but I wish they would do this. It's a, uh, I hate this person. I wish they weren't running for president. <laughs> yeah. Well, that might not be liberals though. That could be leftists. Um... I, well, I think leftists as well. Actually, the funny thing is, I feel like the American people don't really. Actually, no. The American people know how to support their candidate when they actually support their candidate. Yeah. Like, those people really support Donald Trump. When it comes Trump, down to it. Right. Like, they supported Donald Trump and they were loud about it and they said all those things. But I felt like... I felt like Biden went through it. Like, just yeah. through it. Like, yeah. we expect perfection out of our leaders. And, like... And the only reason I'm bringing that up is that if Donald Trump really gets on that ticket, just remember this. Like, the fact is, like, that person that whoever goes up against him is not going to be perfect. Now they're going to have some skeletons and you have to recognize that there's going to be things that you don't necessarily love. But as long as they're not like some baby eating monster, like just check yourself a little bit and recognize that policy should matter more so than the fact that he wore a brown suit. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm really having a hard time with partisan politics right now. Um, just because I am really having a hard time with the two-party system. And I feel like by playing into supporting either candidate, we are... But, I I mean, this is also, like, I know how big his base is, and I can't be naive to that. Donald Trump's base still is huge. Massively large. So even if he were to run as a third-party candidate, he would at least split the ticket. Um, If he ran as a third party candidate, this would be the first time ever that I feel like the election would actually like have would not feel like a two party system. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. To be honest, Um, and and the thing is, I agree with Donna on that premise. Like so, but like because we both have like a lot of like marginalized identities, and like so, Donald Trump is scary because it hurts your personhood. Yeah, and your politics. Like and so that's why people always get really passionate and emotional about it. So like. And not to get on this train again, because we've talked about this a lot, but yeah. the other thing is, is like, I don't necessarily want to have to throw my vote at somebody, like a Democrat, specifically just because it's my best chance of beating Donald Trump. Yes. That makes, that makes my vote feel gross. Yeah. But in knowing... So we've had gross votes for like the last couple elections. Yeah. I never know? felt this gross. I never felt gross about my vote for Obama. I no. can honestly say that. No, I wish that he would have had a more cooperative uh, Congress to work with while he was in office, so then more could have been accomplished. But yeah, I I definitely... I, I The thing is, I see so many problems. After raising money for Democrats, I see so many fucking problems with mm. 
the system just in general. And I'm, I'm talking about Democrats and Republicans. Like, I honestly do believe that Democrats are liars and most of the time don't fulfill the things that they say they're going to fulfill. And that Republicans are just flat out stuck in the past and just it's a completely oppressive party um that it's like both parts of the system are broke we just need a complete overhauling and i know i get so um frustrated talking about party politics nowadays because i lifted i listen to so much like left leftist podcasts um but i know i have to like start learning how to like have these conversations and well and here's the thing though if donald trump is not on the ticket i feel like we get to actually have that conversation yeah like that's the other thing like a lot of people considered it when we were in grand junction considered it to be a success that donald trump was so terrible that he actually split democrats yeah like he split democrats and republicans so kind of the third party vote did go up quite a bit actually yeah the very first time he ran but he still won obviously Mm -hmm. because that Big, bigoted people really wanted that man in office. Yeah. And there obviously there was some things to see that Russia did play into the marketing on Facebook for our elections. And like, we get that. Yeah. But it also, it would just be really great to be able to have an election to where you're just like, oh, cool. My rights or my values. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. To be able to breathe during just an election. Breathe during an yeah. election. Yeah. Gosh, With, that would be so to great. not feel like so much is at fuck. I mean, it's always going to feel like so much is at stake. Um, but to actually have candidates that represent the working class. I don't know. I think something that like most people in the U.S. can agree with is that we need term limits for the people that are in office. Yeah, we do. Like, yeah, we do. We have people making decisions for the future of this country that are not going to be here much longer. Yeah. And they're making permanent fucking decisions for this country. Yes. And like Supreme Court placements. Yeah, Supreme Court placements. Um people who are who are serving like in the Senate. Um these people these people are making detrimental decisions about the future of our country and lining their pockets while doing it. So it's something that we honestly need to be more aware of. And I I think that hopefully with what we see happen, um, just based off of what I've seen also with the astrology saying about our country, and I know I keep bringing that up, but I am a little bit of those, you know, woo-woo into that kind of like fun stuff. So the metaphysical. But I think hopefully we'll see some breaking down of these old institutions soon yes sooner rather than later yeah god i would hope so in our lifetime yeah in our lifetime would be great my the system i wish we would do away with is the electoral college yeah just mainly because of its its foundings being so incredibly racist yeah so racist oh my gosh yeah i mean technically and even so like like i love that that graph that i love looking at that says like uh like regions or land doesn't vote people do yeah and yep. so, like, having, like, when you take away all the borders in the United States, you actually see where the pockets of voters are coming from and yep. you see who they want. Yeah. And, like, and my thing is, like, and there have been a few times in our history where the popular vote didn't align with the Electoral College. And I, I feel like we really do need to get rid of that incredibly racist, barbaric system yeah. to make people feel like their vote for president actually matters. Actually counts. Because guess what? They might actually vote if they felt like their vote would matter. Yeah. If they know that their state is 
going a certain way, mm-hmm. then they don't vote and they don't care enough to. Yeah. Like, but that one person who voted in Iowa could like make a, a, the grand decision about who's going to be president of the United States. I did political fundraising. It's about who raises the most amount of money. Mm-hmm. That's all that it's about. It's about who has the most money and the most messaging and the biggest spin. You know, it, there's so much strategy that goes into this. And I, and it, and it's a system that is just so rigged. And, and we need to give the power back to the actual people. Yeah. Yeah, because right now they feel powerless. Yeah. We all do, I think, in, a, in some ways, you know? I yeah. think... It, I think there's a lot of things that we could change, uh, especially when it comes to workers' rights in this country. We're the most overworked, too, um, out of out of many countries. Um, looking at just, like, unionizing places that are not union, um, giving, like, workers more of a say. Yeah, there's so many different things that we can really just do to improve conditions. Um, paternal and maternal leave. That's a big thing. Um, a four day work week is something that we should consider. <laughs> I think a four day week work is something that we should definitely consider. Yeah. I do feel like I'm going to blink and then I'm going to be 60 recognizing that I spent most of my life in a working building. Yeah. Like I know that people don't feel like, like that nine to five nonsense does feel like it takes so much away from it. Like that's also part of the reason why I'm not really cut, caught up on what's happening in the country right now is because I feel overwhelmed by the level of information I'm inundated with, but I have work to do, so I can't really research that. Yeah. A lot of people in the career world, especially when they have a computer, they will like be on like Yahoo News during their breaks to figure out what's going on. Yeah. But the news is so negative these days, so it's really hard to really keep up to what's actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. There, there, I do think there are tons of ways to improve our well-being our work-life balance and our economic structure but it takes so it fairly takes just so much to make these things happen yeah and and i will admit and actually going back to the president's presidency stuff i do recognize that the problems in obamacare yeah i'm not blind to that yeah um, i think it's way too expensive and i think that getting your cutbacks or um get, yeah get, getting um what are those things you applied for through the exchange um but like a lot of that happened at tax time. So it's yeah. like you had to like have all of this money like that was being taken away from you and then like you possibly get it back during your taxes. Like that just didn't fit right for me. And I went yeah. to the exchange actually before my employer offered a qualified plan and it was pricey. Yeah, it still is. <laughs> it still is. It definitely like it it helped fill a little bit of gap of a gap for the uninsured, but um, it's still fairly pricey. Even as a single person. It wasn't close enough to universal health care. No. Like I think Obama thought it would be. Yeah. And it was very expensive. And then also it hurt small businesses Mm -hmm. um, because they oftentimes obviously couldn't have a qualified plan. Yeah. Um, Well, actually, I don't mean small businesses, but, you know, smaller businesses that had employees and whatever. The fines. Yeah. The fines were... most businesses actually opted in to take the fine the first year because it was less expensive than paying for health insurance. Yeah. How messed up is the system is that? You're like, well, I can't pay for your health insurance because a business would go exactly. out of business and you wouldn't have a job in the first place. Yeah. That is ridiculous. And even if you say, oh, well, that was only like 7% of businesses, that's still, I don't feel like our, our practices should be like, 
well, you know, as long as it wasn't 13% of businesses, we're fine. Like, yeah. that feels gross. Yeah. Yeah. It does. There's so much that needs to be fixed, and we're living in very uncertain times. And I'm really hoping that we didn't, like, cause panic in anyone with this episode, but we're just trying to unpack these things as we're getting the information as well. And yeah, there's a lot of like crazy stuff happening right now. And honestly, our views on it will unfold as we know more. As we know more. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, Tune in next week when we decide to talk about just joking, like we would ever do that. <laughs> it's funny thing to start doing. It's like as we choose to talk about this, and people tune in, it would never be about that. No, not ever. <laughs> Good deal. Oh my gosh. Um, yes, but we. I don't even know what will be happening tomorrow. Obviously, this was filmed. Obviously, uh, February twenty second. So the whole world could be different in the morning. Yeah. Um. So this is what we thought during that time. So keep that in mind yeah tune in and hopefully we have some like updates next next week and know a little bit more about what's going on but yeah thank you for listening thank you bye